Welcome to the United States Southern Command Women, Peace, and Security Breaking Barriers podcast. In each episode, we will host guests from the Defense and Security Forces in Latin America and the Caribbean to share powerful stories and provide valuable insight of women breaking barriers in preventing conflict and building peace. Our goal is simple, to make the invisible visible. Our host is Ambassador Jean Maines, a career diplomat who has served as the U.S. Ambassador to the Republic of El Salvador and now serves as the Civilian Deputy to the Commander and Senior Foreign Policy Advisor at U.S. Southern Command. She also has full oversight of the U.S. Southern Command Women, Peace, and Security Program. So here's your host, Ambassador Maines. Welcome to our listeners to our new podcast, Breaking Barriers, that we're sponsoring from U.S. Southern Command. We're here today to talk about global peacekeeping operations and the importance of women in participation of those. Over 125 countries contribute civilians, military personnel, and police to these operations, and they really help secure areas of conflict, as well as preventing areas of conflict from expanding to regional instability. And so today we have one of the most prominent women in the Western Hemisphere who has served in multiple peacekeeping operations to talk about her role and the broader importance of why women should make up even more percentage, even a higher percentage in global peacekeeping operations. And over the last 70 years of peacekeeping operations, Over 1 million peacekeepers have worn the famous blue helmet in service and sacrifice to global peace and security. And as we look at the numbers for 2020, women made up 30% of civilian, 10% of police, and 3% of military peacekeepers in this global effort. Many of the countries right here in this hemisphere, in the Western hemisphere, lead this very effort, including Brazil. And I'm so delighted today to have interview with Lieutenant Colonel Ivana Mata from Brazil. And I can think of nobody more experienced to talk with us today about the role of women in peacekeeping operations. So for all of those who follow this issue, really, she has a tremendous academic background, but also a practical background, having participated in overseas peacekeeping operations. And so it's a great honor to have her here today to share the importance of having women in peacekeeping operations. And then what are those barriers that we should be looking at taking down to have more women participate in this important role? So Lieutenant Colonel Ivana Mata, welcome to our program. We're glad to have you here. At first, I'd like to say that's my pleasure being here. I'm very, I'm very excited taking part in this podcast. So thank you very much, Ambassador Jen Maines. So I'm here. Let's see what you can have to share. How can we uh, increase uh, the women participation in many other positions, not only peacekeeping, but also in many positions of the decision makers. So that's what we need this. Well, I'd love our audience to get a glimpse of your extraordinary background. So if you can just share with us the peacekeeping operations in which you have already participated. In fact, uh, I went to MINUSTA, 
as you know, Brazil was um, leading this mission, the, the, the mission at the, for the stabilization of Haiti from 2004 up to 2017. So it was something more than 10 years. Uh, and uh, I was there in 2013 and in 2017 as part of the missions. But as I work at the peacekeeping department of the Brazilian army, I had a chance to go back there for evaluation um, trips and also for logistics, participating in the inspection of the United Nations into our troops. So, so that's my experience. Besides, uh, I've been working out very hard on the Women, Peace and Security agenda, trying to make it a reality, not only inside the, the Brazilian armies, but also at the armed forces, because in Brazil, we are completely separated. So the number, the women in, in Air Force, Navy, and, and in the Army, they, they play different roles. And we usually count the numbers in a different way, too. Um, another thing that I'm very interested in that I've been studying a lot is the influence of the, the conflict uh, with the sexual exploitation and abuse, gender-based uh, violence, and domestic violence also. So these, these issues um, interest me very much because I really would like to make women's and girls' lives uh, different and, and better. When you look at your career and you've had experience to participate in peacekeeping operations, and then you've been able to go back, and what has been the difference over the last, say, decade in terms of the level of participation of women in peacekeeping operations, particularly from Brazil, but also what you've been able to observe from other countries who are participating in peacekeeping operations? Due to the fact that the United Nations, since Kofiana has, has studied the situation of the women in Democratic Republic of the Congo, connecting with the sector uh, violence, and then with the, the 1325 resolution in 2000, I believe that all the efforts that especially and mainly United Nations has done, because after after these, this resolution in 2000, we have more 10 resolutions. We have the action for peacekeeping in, in his pillar number two. And the fact also that we, we have now 85 countries with their national action plan for the, for the women, peace and security. IOSH initiative too has done a great research on, on this participation. And also the gender strategy policy from 2017 that United Nations has, has uh, presented to the troop contributing countries, in a, in a sense, it has improved a little because so far we are 6% of uniform deployed in missions. And uh, of course, uh, if we consider that the other numbers, uh, even for civilians and police, is still low in my point of view, we need to increase. Uh, and if we, if we consider Brazil 
during the the time that we were in Menusta in Haiti for 13 years, so we had 30,000 troops from Brazil. But among this, we were just uh, last week. I mentioned that we were 203. But then I was reflecting that uh, many women went twice or three times. So in fact, uh, were around 196 women deployed. So if we, if 30,000 and just 196, and when I say 196, it's one, 196 uh, uniform women from the Navy, Army, and uh, Air Force. So it still is a very low number. Um, and then if you think of Brazil itself in terms of staff officers and, and uh, military observers, the number is really, 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 uh, I can count in my two hands. Um, the, first, the first Brazilian women that was deployed in 2013 at the Côte d'Avoie mission it was a lieutenant. And then 2014, we had a, a major as a gender device in Liberia. And then we had two, um, in, in, one in CAR, uh, Central African Republic, as a gender divisor, and another one, a staff officer in Western Sahara Mission. And so far, we were just eight. So the number, it's, it's very low, not only for the three forces, but also the police. Yes, uh, we still need to, I believe it's, it's a mindset that we need to change. You know, we know that this world, unfortunately, has been ruled by men. And if just men discuss, they, they, they cannot think of us. Um, it's just men discussing uh, possibilities so we need to have uh, women in the position of uh, decision maker too, to show the numbers, to call the attention. And, and then I believe that if we think of uh, obstacles, one of the main obstacles for me is the lack of equal opportunity. Let's talk about that. You know, for our listeners, we're so privileged to have Lieutenant Colonel Ivana Meyer here from Brazil. And Brazil is a recognized leader in peacekeeping operations. And But to your point that the number of women participating in peacekeeping operation is still very low. So I would love our listeners to hear from your perspective when there are women on the ground participating in these operations, what changes and how is that peacekeeping operation more effective and more impactful? At first, I believe that for the women and girls, the locals, women and girls uh, who've been suffering a lot, who've been uh, suffocated by the presence of men in their lives, when they see a woman in uniform, along with all the others, men having the same voice, having the same position, it is a role model. It motivated them. It's, it's so, it's, it shows them that it's possible for them to be also in, in a position of, of uh, power. So I believe that this is one of, one of the, the key points of having women on the ground. Because usually these women that are the local women, they, they suffer problems with men and usually men in uniform. If they see another woman wearing a uniform, 
the 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 trust is easily building up so i believe that the, this is the first and then uh the contact with the communities the contact with the leaders of the community because usually in africa which are which is the place and that the, the the number of missions are more uh, present. Uh, we have lots of women who are leader of community, but sometimes they are not um, touted. So to get them, we need we needed to to think about the culture. And when we think about the culture, we we analyze that the contact from women to women is easily, and the the confident. And the the openness openness to, to to be received by women is is easily seen. So another another thing is the the project, because they think of the needs of a woman. A woman knows what another woman needs. So it, it's that's the mind that we need to think of. So how how could I help these women if I am a woman too? I know I I I cannot say if I haven't been through this problem, what is being uh, violation, sexually violated, but I can understand what they can feel. So I believe that is a point that could be uh, strongly developed. And from your experiences on the ground serving in a peacekeeping operation, are there any stories that come to mind where you remember having that impact with a female member of the community or somebody who has undergone domestic violence or some other activity? Do you recall any of those stories from your peacekeeping operation time? Yeah, I mean, I spent eight months in each mission. So my main job was to translate documents and reports. But my second one was to be in charge of uh, to be the focal gender focal point, gender, the child protection focal point. So the team that I had, because I had two doctors and a nurse and an intelligent guy that used to work with me. So we used to go to every Saturday morning and afternoon, we used to go to orphanages and to places where women had problems. So uh, we organized many, many meetings with them, many activities with them, and uh, th- to see that they trust us, they believed us to change their lives, not, not, maybe not forever, but we were there for them at that moment. And we, we could understand because a situation, there are at least 10 orphanages and a school for girls that we visited. And one of the, the, the places that we visited, Sacra School, is led by two Brazilian sisters. And then she called me uh, because every day I used to give my number, my personal numbers for them. So every time they had a big problem, they, 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 they were sure that they could call me because my commander allowed me to do many things. So once I was I, w- I was at the at the the base and Sister Zelinda called me, and there was three little girls, five years old, that they were raped with the consensus of their parents because they they usually get money for it. And then she called me, and I called my team, especially the doctor, Lieutenant. Uh, 
uh, Liz Meyer, that she did a great job with me because she was a doctor. I, I'm not a doctor, so I need to, to have expertise with me, expert with me. So we went there uh, with a doctor and a nurse and, uh, and I, a psychologist too with an interpreter because usually they speak, they speak, they do not speak English or French. Uh, so we, ne we needed a translator and I had five great translators that used to work with me. And then we realized that we needed to remove their children from their families, but how can I do it? Uh, so I usually, when I go to a place, I try to, to get to know the main, main people who can help me. So there was a uh, great uh, lawyer that works um, in, a, in an orphanage and he helped me. So we managed to bring these three little girls and to, 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 to make them to stay in the, the, at the school led by the, 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 the nurses from the, the sisters from Brazil. Uh, and then they stayed there at least for the eight months that I was there, we, we gave them chance to have a therapy with the psychologist, the doctor and the, the nurse, they took care of them. So, um, and I, I still have touch with this, this place. So at least once a month, I call them to, to get to know how they are. And there is a little orphanage with 27 uh, boys and girls, uh, the blessing hand is orphanages. So um, I, this is the, the one very special orphanage because they're doing a great job with the children. So, so that's why I'm touched with them. So this is one of the factors that I can tell you among many others. Uh, if we had uh, lots of time, we could have a chance to share with it. Well, what a powerful story. And for those just joining, we're here with Lieutenant Colonel Ivana Mata from Brazil, a leader in peacekeeping operations. And I have to ask you, about that story, what if your group didn't have any female members? Would that intervention in the lives of those children been possible? I don't believe it because first, uh, Sister Zelinda was, was not going to feel comfortable to, to talk to uh It's not because they're not able to. If they are well-trained, if they have uh, a train of gender perspective, uh, gender mainstream, sexual exploitation and abuse, conflict related to sexual violence, gender-based violence, the, the situation of child in, in, a, in, a, in a conflict area, Maybe, maybe we can change this this mind. As I, as I mentioned before, is a mindset that needs to change. So, but it's still, it's still we need mixed team. Mixed team is very important because we we can we can make men and women working together, and reaching at not the same level of understanding what happened with a child or what happened with a, a woman when they are raped, when they, they, they go through domestic violence. Um, it's, it's important to have a woman because they're gonna open to you easily. They don't want to see a man because they have already been raped by a man. So how can they trust in another man? They don't know them. They don't know that they are there to help. But when it, a woman approaches in a very quiet way, in a very sensible way, um, and especially when they are children, because 
you know, uh, children, they don't understand anything. They, they are very easy conducted. They, they trust everyone because they are innocent. So I believe that women plays a very, very important role on the ground. And you mentioned that your commander of your unit was very supportive of having a blended team, both men and women. And so from your perspective, what more could a commander do to increase the level of participation of women in peacekeeping operations? Well, at first, I I believe that they need to understand that just having men on the ground are not going to, to be able to to understand all the situation that happens on the ground, especially the ones who, who the, the situation in which women are involved, uh, sexual exploitation and abuse, uh, gender-based violence, and uh, and usually uh, if they if they are not aware of it, the commander itself, if they don't have this understanding, they're not going to succeed. I, I I'm not afraid of saying that. They need to be supported uh, as both different advisors from men and women because they have different perspectives. I'm not saying it's this is a, something that we are born with, but the perspective that we develop through our lives that makes a difference when we go on the ground. We are we should have been trained in in the same way, but still we we have different way to approach a woman in in vulnerability, a child in vulnerability. I I believe that. So the commander should have this this idea. What is gender mainstream? What is gender perspective? Which is not something for women only. Gender perspective is for both men and women. And then when have um, this understanding, the possibility of the effectiveness of of operations could be much, much, much bigger. And given your experience, both on the academic side and also on the practitioner side, what would you recommend not only to your own nation of Brazil, but to other nations who send women and men to peacekeeping operations? What would you recommend to give more opportunities in terms of increasing the participation of women in peacekeeping operations, what are the barriers that still exist to increasing that percentage? You referenced a very, you thought it was a very low percentage of women who participate in Brazil's peacekeeping operations. What would you say to to get that number up? What would have to happen? Well, it's it's interesting when I when I think of it because I have so many many um, feelings about that. Sometimes I believe that men see see us as someone who needs to be protected, not the one who can protect. We, 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 if we go to the same, uh, let's, let's consider situation of Brazil, especially Brazilian army. Uh, the presence of women in the Brazilian army is very, very new. It is just in 1992 that my, my, my class started. For the first time, Brazilian army had the women was 1992. Um, and then in 2070 was the first time that the, the Brazilian Army Academy, that was just for men for years and ages and centuries, was just just men. Then in 2017 they opened for 40 40 uh, uh, 40 vacancies. 
just 40 vacancies. So it's still, it's not the open, the, the 400 vacancies. So they decided to give a percentage for women, for girls. So again, and not, and not only for the for the for the the the, 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 the not the ranks, but we do not have artillery or infantry women. We have just for uh, uh, most part of administrative. So if we open the vacancies equally for all all the 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 arms, it could be easily to 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 increase this. But if we think of Brazil, in the some people are saying that uh, they are waiting for this girl to end the academy, which means five years. Uh, and then after the five years, they have to have courses in order to go uh, to really be ready to be deployed. So just in 15 years. So why not give it a chance for the ones who are for the doctors, for the nurses, for the ones who are red been because 1992 was the first time that we had women. So we have full core now. 1996 doctors uh, got into the, 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 the career also. We have full officers, full, full coronels too. Um, but again, if we do not have equal chance, at least equal opportunity to participate in the selection process. And at the end, they decide, okay, this guy is better from this woman. Okay, but then they work together participate equally on the process. But uh, if we don't have this chance, nothing's gonna change. If men at the position of decision make do not understand or do not study about this, the, the thing that have changed all over the years, they still have this mindset of just men could participate, which is, we know that's not true. I think you raise a very interesting point that culturally, many times women are seen as needing to be protectors versus being a protector of others. And so to get to that point where those in charge see that incorporating more women at every level will actually make the peacekeeping mission more successful and reach the policy objective of greater security, greater peace. And so as we close out this session, it's really been a privilege to have Lieutenant Colonel on the show, on the program. And with all of your experience, I just wanna open it up to you to share some final thoughts with our listeners about increasing the role of women in peacekeeping, what we can do and how we can support your efforts. Thank you again for this opportunity. I was thinking that uh, Another way to increase the, the opportunity besides giving, giving equal opportunity is we, we already have all the documentations. We have all the resolutions. We have uh, more than a, a, a 80, 85 national action plan. And one of the objective of the national action plan, if we go to all of them, one, one, one pillar is participation. And what is the objective? Increase the participation of women in peacekeeping operations. So if we have everything, policies, documents, resolutions, what we need now, actions. We need the, the, the ones who are in power, the ones who are in the position of this decision. We give now actions. Okay, I have a hundred 
slots. Okay, so let's have 100 men and 100 women uh, on the process of selection. And the best one, the best curriculum, the best operational level, we're gonna be we, we'll be chosen. So, and another thing is, women, girls, do not give up. We do not need to be empowered because we are more than 50% of the entire population of the world. We do not need to be empowered. We need to have chances. We need to have opportunities. We need to, 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 to be given the part that we, that we deserve. That's what I would like to say. Thank you very much for this chance again, uh, uh, Ambassador Jane Mains. Well, thank you very much, Lieutenant Colonel Ivana Mata from Brazil and sharing your experiences and the power of having women participate in peacekeeping operations. This is our broadcast, Breaking Barriers, sponsored by US Southern Command. And it really is about making the invisible visible and raising awareness of, frankly, these rock star women like Lieutenant Colonel from Brazil, who are really changing the way we think about all of our operations in order to be more successful and to create a world that has more peace and security. And no doubt, women are at the very heart of that. So we thank you for your participation. Keep raising those numbers and we'll support you from here. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the Women, Peace and Security Breaking Barriers podcast. We hope that you will join us next episode as we share new stories and continue to make the invisible visible. This podcast is a production of the U.S. Southern Command's Women, Peace, and Security Program and the Florida International University Stephen Cruz Institute for Science, Media, and Technology. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the U.S. Southern Command or the Stephen Cruz Institute. The hosts, guests, and WPS team members receive no financial benefits for participating in this podcast. To learn more about our Women, Peace, and Security program, please visit southcom.mil and look under Lines of Effort.